Good morning for the CJRU Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroixy, and debuting on the show, I've got comedian and actress Marlene C. Luna. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. I hope I didn't butcher your name. (laughs) No, did great. Marlene, it's actually Marlene Castaneda Luna, but I think it's because of the Zoom thingy that's like that. But yes, Marlene C. Luna is perfect. That's also my act. So I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you so much. And I know you enjoyed the show. I know you got to listen and you enjoyed it, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. All right. All right. All right. So why don't you tell our new listeners or anyone listening for the first time, how did you decide to come up with this love for comedy? Because you told me off interview, you're more of a comedy girl, you know, Mm -hmm. even in funerals, for example, and funerals are not the best time to laugh and giggle, but maybe to catch up with somebody. Sometimes it's a joyous occasion and funerals for you, right? Right. Yeah. So I grew up in a very loud, beautiful, rambunctious family. Um, And so a lot of the ways that we coped, you know, uh, was through laughter and through comedy. And I'm blessed enough to also, and that's just on my mom's side, because I'm more familiar with that side of, of my family. But my father was a entertainer. He was a singer. He, you know, went around TJ singing for tips. He was in a band, you know, he's this talented force of energy that would just, from what my uncles and aunts tell me, was just a force every time he walked in a room, you know, con Alejandro, you can always count on a pat on the back or a joke if you need it, you know. Um, And I think that it really just came from having that blessing of having family that knows how to laugh through the pain. So comedy to me, making people laugh, to me, it's a bonding experience, you know? I feel like when I can make somebody laugh, they are at their most comfortable with me, their guards come down. You know, there's a sense of vulnerability in making having somebody make you laugh and you not intending to maybe laugh as loud as you might have expected. So that's really how I got into entertainment, filmmaking, um, becoming an actor and storytelling in general. Yes. <laughs> how does it feel being that vulnerable? Because there are comedians that are very scared to be vulnerable mm. and they don't want to offend anyone these days because, you know, you got LGBTQIA plus two communities. You've got the Black community and you've got the Latino community, which people have to be careful. What do you say to that? I say let your guard down and be vulnerable. I say that the more that you avoid something, the more you need to heal yourself through it. I say that if you don't want to be vulnerable, then you don't want to be an artist at your fullest potential. I say that if people don't want to get vulnerable and really think about not only the repercussions of maybe misrepresenting stereotype, stereotyping or racializing or overtly being racist about other marginalized groups, I think that that's really a setback. And I think that that's really not coming from a place of true authenticity. Do you know what I mean? It's more, it's not about being you know, as we say in the US, you know, there's people that complain about the woke, right? The woke left. Um, It's not about being woke. It's just a matter of having respect for marginalized groups or people that are unlike yourself, you know, in comedy, some of the best comedians, if you've noticed, they've been able to be phenomenal dramatic actors. And that's because being able to do comedy, raw comedy, you know, 
it's because you've experienced a lot of pain. It's because you've had to be like, something's got to get me out of this misery. Laughter is the only thing. And so you learn to adapt to things by just having a chuckle, making yourself laugh. You're allowed to be able to do that, you know? Um, and I think that if we really think about honoring everyone and being able to come from a place that is more centered around yourself as a comedian and artist, as opposed to using other people as a pawn for the sake of a joke, I feel like you're not giving yourself enough access to some of the greatest work that you can ever produce. Right, right, right. What about this cancel culture? Well, if you say something, then we're going to cancel you. Well, here's the thing about um, cancel culture. So I'm I'm a American, Mexican-American, and here there's this ideology. First of all, cancel culture and also wokeness. I want to first reiterate or say that these terms were co-opted by Black liberation movements, and they have been basically changed in their true meaning. So when you are woke, that means that you are aware of not only the fact that marginalized communities exist, but also go deeper and understand why they are marginalized in the first place, right? We have to understand that to really get a good scope of the environment around us so that that can inform how we see the world and how we convey the world and how we show how we see the world through our art, right? And so I'm also an abolitionist and I believe that punishment, it, it needs to, there needs to be some kind of rehabilit true rehabilitation, right? So as an abolitionist, I'm, I'm anti-prison, but there has to be a real rehab. You know, we, we market prisons like they're supposed to be rehabilitatory and they're not. You know, the recidivism rate is super high and it's, that's, that's completely against what the point of punishment of rehabilitation is, right? Punishment shouldn't even exist. But when I think about cancel culture, somebody is literally growing before our eyes. You know, artists evolve, artists learn new information and that informs the way they see the world. They're, therefore, it informs the way they, they produce their art, right? So I wanna say that if, if you say something, right? If, any, if somebody were to say something, make a mistake, accountability is really important. We're not going, I think the people that truly understand that there are redemption qualities that, and, and, and redemption methods that we can help somebody not only take accountability, but understand why they're apologizing and apologizing in the correct way. I'm mm -hmm. sorry if I offended you is like, sorry, you have an issue with it. Sorry that I offended you says I said something that was not appropriate or incorrect or racist without really knowing it, right? If that's a true mistake, you understand why it's a mistake. And now you understand why you're apologizing, you right. know? Right. We Sorry, live in a world, F. huh? <laughs> Sorry, F. Yeah, F. That's basically saying you have an issue, but I'm sorry right. if I offended you. Exactly. Accountability means you are not, when you talk about what your accountability is, you take the person that you have harmed out of the equation and you say, What did I do wrong? Right? What did I do that caused? other people to have such strong reactions, right? Mm -hmm. um, so really taking that accountability, understanding the harm that was caused and how that one harm can perpetuate more harms. I think that's another thing people don't get. You know, it's not about getting canceled. Let's face it, nobody gets canceled. There's yeah. people in celebrity. I mean, there's celebrities, there's, you know, politicians, there's all these people who have harmed people and are still harming people. 
you know, uh, people empower, you know, we're have, we have a strike right now. And like, there's harm when you don't pay people a living wage. And that's just not in the movie industry. That's, that's also in every other aspect for, you know, a capitalist society like ours. It's like, we live in a society where people don't get canceled, you know, things that are like, they're like, our planet is being ruined, right? And the people that are doing it have names and addresses, but they're not canceled. Nobody's out in pitchforks in front of their homes saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to use a paper straw when you're causing the majority of the greenhouse gases. You know what I mean? It's it's like, where what's cancel culture if you really stop to think about it? Can people be mad at you? Yeah. But before people started using this term, people were still doing things that were harmful online or celebrities mess up or get caught in an interview. And where are they now? Mm-hmm. What does cancel what even mean? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, society has to be for real society has to be serious about this right you know and when you get canceled let's say if you do somebody else will celebrate you anyways (laughs) yes and you know it's hilarious because you know you can if you get canceled first of all like you got to do something right you can either not say anything you can be like forget you guys and double down on the thing that you did right or be like i am so sorry right but if you go on that third route you have to be very particular because we will tear apart your apology or everybody will tear apart an apology if it's not coming from a sincere place right now those people usually i think i don't think people actually really get canceled because you know lotus ck is still making tons of money and the man is a whole i mean he just he caused major harm right that's just one example but we hear about this stuff every day people doing things that maybe in their past was super cringe or super inappropriate, what have you, but they still, they're still redeemed. You know, they're, they're still there. They're still creating stuff. There's still a crowd that's going to be like, nah, man, screw those haters. You do you dude, you know, but like also see who's aligning with you in that moment, you know, for anybody, if you were to get canceled, like see who's aligning with the fact that you said this thing caused harm. And now there's people that are either with you or against you. Look around at those people that are with you and be like, I, you know, uh, I think a good example is like recently there was this issue with Jonah, Jonah Hill and text messages. And, and you know, he, he misused the term boundaries when really it was like a set of guidelines for this woman he was dating to do in order for him to be in a relationship with her. And that's not boundaries. Boundaries are for yourself and you can't demand what somebody does. Uh, So uh, Candace Owens, who is a very famous African-American political, well, political, uh, I guess she's a staunch uh, right wing conservative. Right. And so she is very much about family in the home. She's ultra Christian, you know. She's traditional, I guess, in the very white supremacist Christian sense. And she says very terrible things about the most marginalized in our community. And she has very cringe and overtly racist uh, ideas that she spews out there and she makes a great living at it, you know? And this person aligned on the side of Jonah Hill and was like, all he was doing was, you know, protecting his emotions and himself and all he asked for was this but like not understanding that you can't tell somebody who to work with you can't tell somebody how to dress right you can't tell somebody who they can and cannot hang out with you can't tell somebody where they can work all of that is abuse all of that is is not is is our demands you know and so when he looks around and he sees who's on the side of you know his point of view 
take a good look and understand that that community is going to showcase to you what's really going on and why really your ideologies are really problematic because a lot of these people have a history of being problematic, you know? So I think for people that worry about cancel culture, you know, I use all these examples because I'm very much in the know, you know, we're in a strike right now. So the industry's at a standstill here in the US. So I've been just on Twitter and like, I, I use these things and I'm like, wow, what, a, what an interesting thing that like, we're all human beings, celebrity or not, millionaire or not, billionaire or not, doesn't matter. We all have a tendency to, yeah, I don't know if I can cuss on your show, but I'm from LA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, if, you know, if you, if you up or if you mess up, just own up to it and see, okay, how is this wrong? Look at it from every angle, you know, but that takes a lot of intellectual labor, takes a lot of emotional labor. You know, I think in a patriarchal society, men feel attacked if they get, you know, if they are held to account to account at, at in any capacity and for anything. And that's a real disservice, you know, patriarchy, everybody suffers, especially men, you know, so um, when I, when I think about cancel culture, I feel like it's a very predominantly male dominated ideology. And I see that a lot online and it makes me sad because you have to be able to hold yourself accountable to have a better society and be better in the community that you exist in. Mm-hmm. Why would you not, why would you not want that? Why would you not want to be like, you know, it'd be cool if everybody in just my block or everyone in my house felt safe around me. Right. Everyone felt loved, right? And then th- whatever you do in that home, you, you project onto the world. Wouldn't it be great if everyone in my office knew that I cared for them to some degree or, you know, knew that I appreciated them and then so on and so forth, you know, but that's, I think the biggest thing is take a shot. And I think it goes back to vulnerability, like your last question, mm-hmm. you know, to, to really own a mistake, to really own the harm you have to be able to know, you have to be able to accept that you fucked up. You have to mm-hmm. be able to accept that you messed up. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's hard. And right. if you do the work, you do. I promise that it, we're all afraid of that. But everything you want, everything you desire, everything you want to go for, any way you want to expand, it is just on the other side of that fear. Right. And it's right. momentary. That's another thing. It's momentary. It's a, it's 20 minutes of you being like, oh, this sucks. I don't, I can't believe I, I'm like this. I can't believe I did that. Or I hate that people are attacking me. But if you surrender, mm-hmm. right, if you surrender and you say, what is the big deal, right? And genuinely ask that question and explore and talk to people from the marginalized community who are willing to sit and talk to you, you know, being a Mexican-American, uh, a detribalized person, a non-binary person. I really have begun to decolonize my thinking, decolonize my life in a lot of ways. And I'm really grateful because it taught me about the importance of community. Really, it taught me what community means, right? And in community, because we're all human, everybody causes harm sometimes, right? When that happens, I've been taught through indigenous healings, through indigenous teachings, you know, that you bring people in. You bring them in and you say, hey, dude, what you did wasn't cool. Right. Um, we we want to talk to you and be like, understand that this is the harm you caused. We want you to apologize. Talk to them. You right. know, like Dave Chappelle is a great example. You know, he he just for some reason, he talks a lot about the trans community. It's like, why? <laughs> First <laughs> of all, it's like you're not trans. You're not LGBT. Ooh, stick to other shit. 
but you know, you know, instead of like, I, I know trans leaders who were like, you know, the, the Trans Latina Coalition, you know, there's all these amazing trans leaders in Los Angeles who were like, we want to have a talk with you, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, meet us here. You'll be protected. We'll take care of you. Bring whoever you want. We want to, we need to bring you in. You know what I'm saying? And instead, he doubled down on his comments and brought a white trans woman to go up there and basically agree with him. Wow. And the people who are most harmed, right, from transphobic remarks, actions, and here, here in the U.S., we have all these new anti-trans legislation. Like, it's understand the harms. You, the most there's an epidemic of Black trans women being murdered. You know, and it's real physical harm. It's not like oh, people are just. It's not just offensive, bro. People are dying out here. Right. You know, How, where's your humanity to be like? You know what? It's it's funny to me, and I don't care, or I want to ignore that fact that my harm can perpetuate a culture where men think that they can murder black trans women. Do you know what I mean? Right. It goes a lot deeper. And that's another thing that's emotionally laborious to be like, damn, I'm contributing to this thing because I said this one dumb joke, right? That's really hard for people to do too. But once again, the vulnerability, once again, don't be afraid because on the other side of that fear, not only will you you understand, not only will you expand as a human being and learn to see the world in a much different way, but you're going to be cautious of that. You're get, That's going to inform how you see the world that's going to expand your your evolution as an artist you know what i mean it's going to inform everything you do especially your art right so. right right what's your quick message to the writers and the actors now joining the what do you call it the strike now because we are in a hollywood strike it was the writers first now the actors have decided to join them what do you want to tell the actors I want to tell the actors and the writers that this is what community looks like. This is why community is important. I think that solidarity, you know, what I like to call being an accomplice to the revolution, you are a true, that's brotherhood, that's sisterhood, that's those people are in community and nothing can stop us, right? We have to disrupt the industry in order for us to get fair pay. I know people who are co-stars, who are regulars, right? Who have done big Super Bowl commercials and they're scraping by and still have to get extra gigs. Come on now, right? So our efforts are pure. We know what we bring to the table. We know what we're worth and we know what's fair, you know? And, and I also want to say that good things will come. Change is going to come because of this. I want them all, I want to say to them that I'm so proud to be in an industry where people can come together like this and fight the man, you know? Like I, I'm a true activist. So this is also a chance for us to be like under capitalism. This is a sound business thing to, you know, on there's this very, I don't know if you guys have uh, the daily was variety. Variety is a very famous entertainment publication out here. And they were interviewing these network execs and they were basically, I forgot who they were interviewing. Sorry. Uh, but they were interviewing somebody from the studios and they were just like, well, we're basically going to ride this out because we want it until they lose their homes or, or something to that degree, like basically until they reach poverty, poverty, like below poverty, then we'll come to the table because then they will they'll have no choice. Like, how can you confidently go on record and say that? Wow. You know? And it's because it's because we live in a society that's capitalistic and under capitalism, that's a sound business model to basically force people into poverty, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I love that people are waking up to that because, you know, when you hit a certain tax bracket and, for a lot of people, acting, becoming SAG, being a part of union, 
you know, you make great money, but I, I know that this is going to keep them in a revolutionary state of mind if and when, and when they reach their goals and, and, and get up to that next tax bracket, right. To, to make the money that they make and not only appreciate it, right. Not only give back and, and do mutual aid, but also understand that like they fought hard for that. Not only on the picket lines before that they were putting their dues in, you know, I hope that once everything changes and we're all able to make not only a living wage, but thrive in the industry in a way that's sustainable for us financially, artistically, I know that they're going to still have that mindset where they're like, I'm going to keep fighting, right? I'm going to keep, no matter how successful I get, I will still understand the struggle. I will still help a person out here. Because not only is it hard to get in the industry, right? It's also not paying as well as we were seeing with the strike, but it's also very gatekept, you know, it's not easy for marginalized groups to get up in there. It was really hard for me. Um, it was hard for me in a sense that like, I did felt I didn't belong, you know? So once we're there, we understand that we got to get more of us in there. Community will also teach you that once you get to the top, you bring your people with you. So yeah, that's, that's what I want to say to my, my siblings that are on strike and on the picket line. We got right. this, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And did you want to throw out your social media platforms and your projects while you're throwing them out? Yes. So follow me um, at Marlene Luna. That's M-A-R-L-E-N-E-C. As in cat and then L-U-N-A. That's on all platforms. Yeah, you guys can check out most of my work there. I have a link tree to some of the work that I have up there. And I want to give a shout out to the First Nations crews in in Canada. Shout out to everybody in Canada, especially First Nations. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Donovan. Um, I heard the interview with you and Gio, and he mentioned to you that he loves your voice. And I absolutely agree with him. <laughs> you are so, such a joy. Your laugh is infectious. I love the way you speak. I'm so happy to be here with you, and I thank you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And do you have a quick message you want to give to anybody that has been following your career since when you started oh. till now? What do you want to tell them quickly? I want to tell you guys that I'm here because of y'all. You know, the support that I get. I have so many great I have a, an internet following to some degree, but there's people that have followed me for years throughout my journey in the last five years, and I've never met them. They appreciate me from afar, and they're they're quick to have a comment or share. And I'm just so grateful to y'all because I sometimes get these really heartfelt messages, especially from fellow moms, you know, who are like, you know, you really inspire me to do X, Y, and Z, and that just pushes me further to do it. Another thing I want to shout out is my community. Um, the community I've cultivated of artists, um, I'm getting emotional, has been just the, the most important thing, not only in my life, but in my career and, and, and as an artist, because it's the people that talk about you in the rooms you're not in, you know, that really believe in you. And I've been able to work with, get to know and form friendships, deep friendships with a lot of artists um, and creators in the industry. And it's because of them that I've also been able to sustain my career. Um, so I'm very grateful to my community and I'm grateful to everybody that gives a shout out, that gives a like, that gives a hello or anything. Appreciate mm -hmm. you. And I'm grateful that you came on the show and I would love to thank you once again for coming on the show. Thank you, Donovan. It is such a pleasure to talk to you. 
All right, for CJRU twelve eighty AM, I would love to thank actress and comedian. You can throw out your name again, Marlene Luna, pronouns she they. Thank you so much, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode as well. Thank you again. Bye.